Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Big Time Talker podcast. We're on the Blog Talk Radio Network, and the show is brought to you by our friends at SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a speaker or a meeting planner, visit SpeakerMatch.com and find out how you can get through this trying time together as all speaking events seem to be going virtual these days. That's SpeakerMatch.com. Hey, we're going to talk music today with a guy who has an incredible resume. He's the only artist in Motown history to be a member of both The Temptations and The Four Tops. He's also my buddy. I'm proud to call him a friend from St. Louis, Missouri. Theo Peoples joins us on the line. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? It's always great to talk to you, and uh, I know we've got lots of folks that are uh, eager to hear about your time in the temps and the tops, but I want to start way back. How did you start singing, and when did you figure out you were good at it? Uh, I just started singing until I was 19, and I happened to be in church, and I sang the song, and while singing the song, I saw ladies shouting and screaming, and I'm like, I could make some money by doing this. (laughs) (laughs) So... That was the beginning of my singing career. <laughs> so that's unusual, though. You didn't start singing or never sang in front of people, at least until you were 19. Did Did you have any idea that you were good at it? No, I didn't. I've, um, You know, I'm a musician first, and I started on the piano, played trombone, blue saxophone, and those were in my earlier years. And since I was about eight, I did all of that, and... I never really knew I could sing, so I tried it when I was in 19, and it seemed to work. At any point in your life, Theo, did you ever take uh, a vocal lesson? No. So this is just nope. a, a gift from God. You you just opened that mouth, and it came out right. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> did, uh, did you ever uh, think about singing professionally? Uh, or, or was this something you thought, oh, I'm just going to sing for family and friends, or I'm going to sing in the choir, or, or pretty immediately did you go, hmm, there really is a possible career for me in this? Well, yeah, I didn't think it would ever be on the big stage. I just knew that I could possibly do this for a living locally, and, you know, and that's what I started doing. So I set my goals toward that, and I achieved that, and, you know, was content to be that. However, I had no clue that I would take it to a national or worldwide international level at all. So all of those things were a blessing with the temptations and the four tops. Theo Peoples is our guest today. He's a member of Voices of Classic Soul, along with the former lead singers of the Platters and the Drifters. Also uh, logged some time with both the temptations and the four tops. Um, you told me a, a story that, that I think is worth repeating here about how you were discovered by one of the temptations, you were actually singing in a nightclub there in St. Louis, and one of those guys came in. Yes. The temptations were in town. They were doing a private function, and it was for a corporation, and the function was being held at the St. Louis Zoo. Well, they happened to be staying at the hotel that I happened to be playing at, and one of the members came down to the restaurant for a cocktail, and he heard me doing my thing, and we exchanged numbers. And six months later, the Temptations gave me a call. I had no idea that he had sang with the Temptations. And they gave me a call and asked me, did I want to join? 
would I want to be a part of it? I said, absolutely. So they flew me out to Atlantic City where I did a an on-stage kind of like an interview where they select people out of the audience to sing My Girl um, at the end of the song, and I was one of those people who was selected. And I got up on stage and I did my thing, and uh, six months later, after that, I was a temptation. When uh, when this member of the Temptations came into this nightclub purely by coincidence in St. Louis, did you happen to sing any Temptation songs that night? No. No, I had not. Didn't sing any of the Temptation songs. I was, oh, God, I can't. It was a jazz club, pretty much. So I was doing light jazz, a little contemporary jazz, and a little bit of R&B. And he was impressed with what I was doing, and and we exchanged phone numbers. He told me who he was, and I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, I gave him a card anyway. Turns out all of it was true. He really was a member of the Temptations. Wow. Absolutely. Theo Peoples is our guest today. He's a member of Voices of Classic Soul. Check him out at VoicesOfClassicSoul.com. And uh, he also logged time with the Temptations and the Four Tops. So this is a year-long process, though. It's six months later. You probably have basically forgotten about the guy, and, and, and then you get the phone call. They send you out to Atlantic City. You do a quick little onstage thing, and then another six months goes by, and then you get a phone call that says what? Well, uh, the first six months when I got the phone call and they flew me to Atlantic City and I did the, the interview, I guess I sang on stage, that's when they decided to to select me, but it took me another six months to learn the routines. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when they were on the road, you know, they sent me to St. Louis. And when they came off the road, this was all in California, and they all lived in California. So when they got off the road, they flew me to California, and we rehearsed for two weeks, ten days, however long they were off the road. And then when they go back on the road, they fly me back home. That went on for about six months. And when they we were, when we were ready... I believe it was the middle of December, and my first gig with the Temptations was in Japan. Wow. And we were there for two weeks, and uh, that's when I first got on stage with the Temptations, and I'll never forget it because I had the pleasure of seeing Christmas twice in one year. How does that work? (laughs) Well, when I left Japan to come home, it was Christmas morning. Uh, I think it's a 15, 18-hour flight. Anyway, when I got home to St. Louis, it was Christmas morning. Christmas comes twice that year for Theo Peoples. In the same year, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I'll I'll never forget that. When you go from being a nightclub singer, no matter how good you are, you're still a nightclub singer with a very small audience, to walk in on stage with a legacy group like that, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members and, you know, arguably one of the biggest vocal groups of all time. Are you nervous when you walk out on stage in Japan? Had you ever even been to Japan before? I had never been out of my state, let alone the country. Is that right? (laughs) So I was, uh, well, you know, family reunions and stuff like that, but I'd never been out of the United States. And absolutely, I was nervous. I was frightened and all of that. And Otis Williams told me, well, all eyes are going to be on you. And I said, well, why me? Well, because you're the newest temptation. Right. 
So they want to see if you measure up. I'm like, okay, thanks for that. Now I'm extremely nervous. (laughs) (laughs) The good thing was we were in Japan, and if I did not do a good job, at least I wouldn't understand what the criticisms would be because they would all be in Japanese. Well, there's that. Yeah. So obviously it it, it was great. I, I did a great job. Um, I have to pat myself on the back. Um, I sang through the nervousness, and it was just amazing. When you um you you talked about six months of sort of woodshedding to get ready, how much of that is singing, and how much of that is that really intricate choreography that the Temptations are known for? I mean, are you able to? Did you have that that dancing thing within you before all this? No, 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 no. I'm a piano player. Yeah. So I wasn't dancing at all. I'm sitting on a piano stool. Right. <laughs> and, and now they have to teach me how to dance. I'm like, okay, so all of that mess about black people got rhythm, that's not true. Nothing to it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. So wow. It was um, it was quite a challenge, but I was determined. I said, I'm not going to mess this opportunity up. I am definitely going to be a temptation so they would rehearse me six hours a day i'd go back to my hotel room for another three hours and rehearsed on what they rehearsed me and and i got the job theo peoples is our guest today he's my pal he's also a member of voices of classic soul now where he sings with the former lead singers of the the, uh, the platters and the drifters but we're talking about his time with the temptations and and you were with them when that group had uh, a pretty big comeback in the, the late 90s, the early part of the 2000s. There was lots happening with the Temptations then. Do you remember some of the highlights? Uh, I do. I believe it was 96 or 97. They came out with uh, the Phoenix Rising album, and that pretty much put the Temptations back on the map with um, a song called Stay which kind of sounded like My Girl. It had the same bass line as My Girl, but the, the words were completely different. But that's what I guess took it over the top was because it kind of had that flavor of My Girl. And I happened to have the pleasure of singing lead on that. And then I wrote a song on that very same album, which was a ballad entitled This Is My Promise. And I wrote that song for my wife and our wedding day. And that song became a hit as well. So there was two top songs that were out on the market that brought the Temptations, you know, back into the limelight. Uh, This whole album or CD was a product of Narada Michael Walden. He produced that entire CD, and he's an amazing producer and arranger and a drummer, and he was just incredible. So he helped the Temptations get back on the map, and I'd like to think that I've played my part with that as far as singing lead on those two songs. Narada, you know, he's uh, he's the new drummer in Journey, but people don't realize him. He produced all those Whitney Houston records and Luther Vandross and, and helped the yep. Temptations with that comeback. And you, as you said, you wrote a song uh, for your wife that became a big hit. And actually, your wife Daphne told me that you had some surprise visitors at your wedding that, that were actually involved. So, come on, spill the beans. Who were your celebrity guests at the Theo People's wedding? 
Oh, God. The Temptations, of course. <laughs> How great is that? I mean, dude, I, I know it was your wedding, but still, you have to at some point be going, this is amazing. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, we decided to get married in Las Vegas, and it just so happens we were doing a week uh, show at one of the casinos. I believe it was at the Desert Inn. Right. And Otis walked my wife down the aisle. Ollie Woodson was the lead singer of The Temptations. He was my best man. And the bass player's wife, she was the maid of honor. So we pretty much had the whole organization of The Temptations at this wedding. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and Daphne's the, the sweetest thing ever. And she's put up with you for all these years. So she's thick-skinned as well, which is a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she is my dream come true, my rock of Gibraltar. Hey, let me ask you before we move on to, to your time with the, the Four Tops, um, tell me about, because uh, you were with, with a couple of the original classic five guys, um, tell me about Blue. Tell me about Melvin. Melvin Franklin, wow. Uh, when I think of The Temptations, I think of him because he was the heart and soul of the group. Uh, his, just his demeanor, his character, very, very friendly to, to the fans and would just go out of his way to do anything and everything for anybody. He was just a lovable man and he kind of took me up under his wing and, you know, him and his wife at that time just just were very, very loving to us. And I'll never forget that. He was, with that deep voice that he had, was, I'll never forget, I think we were on an elevator and a bunch of ladies walked on and I think we were going up to our room from the casino and and he just said, hello, ladies. And they like, <laughs> they like melted in the elevator and yep. by the time the doors opened he they he had them eating out of the palm of his hand and he just had that gift of he was a people person he just had that gift of how to talk to people and make everybody happy and he took it off stage as well as brought it in, bringing it on stage so he was a, a hell of a guy and otis williams who is the last man standing he's still with the temptations today um, was he the business guy behind the group? What was was his role during your time with the Temptations? Otis, uh, I guess he was the leader of the Temptations. Shelly Berger was the businessman of the Temptations. He um, did all of their bookings and uh, all of that. And then Otis was just the founder. And he carried that legacy, and you got an opportunity to be a part of that legacy for a lot of years. And, and when you left the Temptations, you told me that, that golf, which is one of your favorite things, matter of fact, you, you said you played golf earlier today, golf actually helped you to do something that no other artist in Motown history uh, has done. Still to this day, it helped you become a member of the Four Tops after being in the Temptations. So walk me through that, how that exactly happened. And and uh, and, and I'd love to hear your recollections of the, the day that you found out you were going to become a Four Top. Oh, wow, that's pretty interesting. Well, the Temptations and the Four Tops, you know, these two groups performed together all over the world. 
and rarely did you find one group without the other. So as a temptation, I became friends with the Four Tops, and they taught me how the Four Tops taught me how to play golf. So I, I would go out, and we would go to a different city, and when we get to that city, we'd go play golf, and then we'd come back, take a shower, eat, and then we'd do the show. So when the Four Tops found out that I was no longer going to be a temptation, um, they had a discussion with me that very day on the golf course and said, well, we heard you leaving the temptations. Is everything okay? I'm like, no, everything's not okay. I'm just, I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I'm going through some personal things and it's just, it's just time for me to step back and take a look at Theo. And that's when they said, well, when you do that, we want to give you a call because, you know, they were working with three tops. Lawrence Payton had already passed, and right. they were working They were working together as the four tops for, I think, almost two years without a replacement for Lawrence Payton. And they found that out, and they said, well, we will be very interested in having you become a part of our group. So we're going to give you some time to, to uh, you know, to think about what you want to think about, get yourself together. And we'd like to put an offer on the table to have you become one of the four tops. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. So they called me again. This Everything is happening within six months. Wow. <laughs> they said, well, we want to make sure that Otis won't call you back. And if he's not going to use you, we would love for you to be a part of the four tops. And about, you know, maybe four months, four to six months, I got a call from Duke, and they wanted me to be a four-top. And I said I would love to be. And it was kind of strange because, I, you know, I'm now, I now left the Temptations, now I'm a four-top. But these two groups still travel together and do shows together. So... Now it's like I'm in the enemy's camp <laughs> <laughs> as a four top instead of a temptation. So it was kind of awkward and odd to walk out on the stage as a four tops in a Timps and Tops show. And they called it a TNT, Timps and Tops. So that was a little interesting for me. But, you know, the Timps were very happy for me that, you know, I got myself together and and I happened to join the four tops. So it was like both of the groups were my family. So we had wonderful times together. I'll, I will always be in the Temptations and the Four Tops debt for making me who I am today. It's uh, it's an incredible legacy that you had the opportunity to perform with both of these legendary groups. With the Temptations, there were a couple of original guys and then some newer guys that had come in. With the Four Tops, though, am I understanding this correctly? You stepped in. And it was you and three of the original guys who had been there since the early '60s. Yes. And you yes. were were you groomed uh, uh, immediately? Did did they say to you, you know, at some point Levi Stubbs is going to to retire and you're going to need to step in for him? Was that all part of the plan from the beginning, or were you just sort of the fourth guy? I was just the fourth guy. They had never had a replacement in the history of the Four Tops. Um, and I just think that because of the loss of their brother, Lawrence Payton, 
they didn't really want to feel that slot. I wasn't looking to feel that slot. Um, out of respect for him and his family. And, you know, the closer we became as, as golf buddies and, and competitors on the stage, you know, they it was very gracious of them to offer me that spot. And I was very happy and content to be in that spot. So it was never something to replace Levi Stubbs at that point. Levi wasn't going anywhere. And at some point, though, Levi's health took a turn, and, and I've seen video of a concert where you and the tops come out. Levi is, is not well. He's in a wheelchair, and it, it looks to be you know a, a final performance. Aretha Franklin walks over, and you and Aretha Franklin sing to Levi Stubbs, and I can't even imagine how emotional that must have been for everyone on that stage, everyone in that auditorium. Oh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. It was uh, the Four Tops 50-year anniversary. And they hired all of these different groups to be on this particular show. At that time, Levi had already retired. But the show was in Detroit, so you can't have a show in Detroit and not have Levi Stubbs there. Sure. So his family brought him to the show and... We put a jacket on him and we wheeled him out and gave him his his credit. Uh, you know, he was the voice of the Four Tops forever. And and to have him roll out on the stage and all of the Four Top fans of Detroit, when he rolled out on that stage, you could just see the emotion in the audience of how touched they were to see him come back out to be a part of the group. And I believe the song we sang was I Believe in You and Me. And, man, people were just sobbing from the roof, from the front to the roof. And it was a very emotional moment for everybody. I'll, I will never forget that. It was one of my mountaintop moments. Must have been tough for you to get through that. I mean, here you are on stage with those guys, and you're doing a duet with Aretha Franklin, and the emotion, I, I, I don't know how you kept it together. Yeah, that was another mountain time moment to to have sang with the Queen of Soul. That's not there's not very few there's very few men who can say they've done that, and I'm happy to be one of them because you know she didn't need any help from anybody at any time, and for her to allow me to do a duet with her was just just amazing. I, I'm just I was very blessed. I felt honored and blessed to even be a part of that. So, One of my favorite human beings, Theo Peoples, is our guest today, former member of The Temptations, The Four Tops, and currently with Voices of Classic Soul. And you can check them online at VoicesOfClassicSoul.com. The way that you joined both of those groups, Theo, is, is different than the way most musical performers sort of organically come together. You know, you're, you're friends and you form a band and you work your way up and you grow together and then hopefully you make it. You stepped into two groups that were incredibly high functioning and very much still at the top of their game. Certainly legacy acts, but they'd been at it for a very long time. What are the, the interpersonal dynamics of doing that when you step in and you don't know these guys at all and they've all been doing it for a long time. How do you sort of navigate through uh, you know, figuring out how to get along with these guys, and suddenly, I mean, you're joined at the hip. What What is that like? Um, 
It's a good question, uh, Burke. Uh, uh, well, first I had to make sure I'm able to do the job. That, right. You know, they hired me to do. But with the course of doing that, the more we traveled, the more closer we became as family because they become your family. You know, we're on the road 42 weeks out of the year, ain't but 52 weeks in a year. Yeah. That's your family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we did everything together. We traveled together. We ate together. We slept together. We we did it all. We worked together. And it was just, I think that's the most important part of being in any group is to be able to get along with your coworkers on and off stage. More off stage than on stage because that's uh, that's a part of your family. And then, you know, and I'd just like to thank God that I became a family member of two of the most powerful male vocal groups in the country, in the world, for Motown. You're the only guy to have ever done that. And I wonder if, if there are times in those wee small hours of the morning Nobody's around where you go, I can't believe my good fortune and this happened to me. It, it never really crossed my mind until Otis Williams said, Theo, after he saw me come off the stage, the first night that I sang with the Four Tops, Otis Williams said to me, you know what, Theo? I said, what? What's wrong, Otis? He said, you're the only guy walking the face of this earth who have sang with both groups. I, I never even, it never entered my mind. I just thought I left one group and started singing with the other group. But I never tied the two groups together. But when you look at it in that sense, yeah, it makes sense to me. But I, it's an honor to have done that. But I didn't, I don't think it's a big comp, uh, accomplishment to me. I just think it's, it's just the way my life happened. And, you know, I, I appreciate it. And I just don't look at it that way. I just I look at it like I sang with the Temptations, and then I joined another group and I sang with them. But I never put any emphasis on being the only man to have done blah 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 blah. I just I don't look at my my life or my legacy like that. But but it, it is that I just don't I don't lead with that when I introduce myself. <laughs> You're a humble, gracious guy, and that's one of your charms, and I'm sure that's why you know people have been drawn to you for all these years, uh, both inside and outside the, the music industry. There, there have to have been a ton of highlights between those two groups. One of them, uh, if you Google Theo Peoples, you'll see immediately that you actually performed the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And I wonder what you remember about being in front of that sort of global audience. That was well, that was just great. It was amazing. I I think we did two Super Bowls, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. But wow. the one that I remember the most was uh it was Denver playing Green Bay for that particular Super Bowl and I'll never forget it. It was in San Diego. It happened to be my birthday. And it was in January, January the 24th. We were hired to sing at the halftime show. So we sang at the halftime show. And then, of course, they gave us tickets to to watch the football game. So right. now I got, 
I got a pair of tickets at the 50-yard line, third row, uh, literally behind the bench of the Packers or somebody. Wow. I sold my tickets and scalped them at the front of the uh, stadium <laughs> for, for 1500 bucks each. <laughs> and I got it. So I had the pleasure of singing at the halftime show. And I sold my tickets for three grand, and I'm, I go back to the hotel room, and for my birthday, I got three thousand dollars, and I sang the halftime show. That's a good day, was, right there. I was happy as hell. I could not <laughs> That's a good day. A <laughs> great day in my books. <laughs> oh man, what about what about all the places that you've traveled to? Is there some place that you go, man? That was just a magical place. I'm so glad that I got to experience that place in my lifetime. Is there one that jumps out? Mm, not really. They all were just just moments of my life that I was just very grateful to be to be a part of. Just as I traveled the world, um, Australia, um, Europe. Uh, Japan, Germany, it was just, it was just great just to be able to, to see the world and at the same time, not having to pay for it. Yeah. On somebody else's dime. That's even (laughs) better. Somebody else's dime. Absolutely. And I'm getting to perform and get paid for it. So those 18 years of my life were just moments that I will never, ever forget. After doing all that. I wonder if if you did not become a member of the Temptations and the Four Tops, if if you weren't a professional singer, what would you have done? What would have been the backup plan for Theo Peoples? I don't know. I can't answer that. I, I have no clue. I have no clue. I guess I would be singing here locally in St. Louis. But music would would have been my thing. Uh, that's my my gift and that's what i enjoy doing and i enjoy getting paid for it you're a multi-instrumentalist you're a songwriter very successful songwriter um you were with these two legendary groups you very much could have put your feet up and and kind of rested on that and nobody would have blamed you because you've gone so much farther in in the music industry than the most and yet you're still out there and you're still doing it. And now you're with the voices of classic soul and, and you're performing these songs with guys from the, the drifters and the platters along with your temptations and four tops hits. Why keep at it? Why not just say, you know what? I've done enough. No more traveling for me. I want to spend my time on the golf course. Do you still love it? Do you still love to sing? Of course I do. That's, that's my passion. And to have done it with those two groups and then I've had other offers. I've had an offer to sing with Earth, Wind, and Fire. I've had an offer to sing with the Spinners. I just didn't want to be a part of anything like that anymore. I guess the travel and stuff got the best of me. And I did want to relax. But when Voices of Classic Soul approached me, which was Joe Coleman, I guess it went when he told me what he had built, but he was a singer of the Platters and Joe Blunt was a singer of the Drifters and he had Glenn Leonard as a singer of the Temptations and they formed a group and I think Glenn had to had another gig booked with the Temptations or something and they hired me to to fill in for Glenn Leonard 
And after doing that performance, it's just like a bell rang over my head or, you know, a, a light bulb just kind of clicked off. Like, I could do this. And this is something that's very viable. How many groups do you have where there's been a lead singer of the Drifters, the Platters, the Timbs, and the Tops? If you put that all and wrap that up into one package, that's bigger than any of those groups individually. That's right. And the reason why I say that is because you have a library of four different groups that you can perform and never sing the same songs twice in a year. And it's just, it's just huge. And so I'm like, I would love to be a part of something like this. And Mr. Colvin said, really? I'm like, man, I would love this. And then, and the fact that I didn't have to do any more steps like the Temptations. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody else could be the quarterback. I could sit in the background and say, ooh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So so Joe called me, uh, I guess, a few months later and, and offered that spot to me. And I think Glenn had an opportunity with his Temptations to do some stuff abroad. And he, you know, he couldn't be in both groups. So they allowed me to be a part of uh, Coleman, Blunt, and Leonard. And then we changed the name to Voices of Classic Soul. And here we are. And when you do those songs from the Platters and the Drifters, I mean, you're right. It, it's decades and decades of hits. I mean, you could do, yeah. uh, between those those four groups, a hundred songs that everybody on the planet knows it's got to be a lot of Absolutely. fun to sing and, and dance with those guys and and uh, and consummate professionals and wonderful fellas. Absolutely. And just wonderful people, as well as the library of music that we have. It's just, man, you get all diversities just coming in for that concert. And, you know, we're, we're trying to build that as we speak, and I think we were off to a good start, and then COVID hit us. <laughs> so... I think it hit the whole entertainment industry as well as sports and everything. So we're at a standstill right now, but we're going to use this COVID to, as an opportunity for us to get stronger as a group. We're going to record some songs and when the green light is on and is ready to go back to the performance, we will be ready. You know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And before we wrap up, you're right. The, the pandemic has hurt the entertainment industry Worse than most, and everybody's taking a hit, but, you know, when you have uh, all the sound guys and the lighting guys and the ticket takers and the, the, you know, theater owners and managers and box office people, it's hundreds of thousands of people that are affected. But one of the things I really respect about Voices of Classic Soul, and, and I got an opportunity to see you guys do this, you're not just, you know, hanging your heads in shame and we're not going to do anything. You performed uh, a couple of drive-in concerts in Washington, D.C., um, and they were both sold out. And I wonder if, if you can kind of paint that picture for folks and tell us what it's like to perform a driving concert where most of the audience is in their cars and, and you can't hear them applaud. They're too far away. They're honking their horns. What was that show like for you, and how did it feel to come back and sing after all those time, uh, months off? It was awesome. It was great. I mean, first of all, when you say drive-in show, people is not – the old drive-in theaters where you hang the speaker on your window and you watch the movie. Right. It's just, 
it's just meaning that people get to drive in and the stage is set up and these people, they're parked in their cars and they are able to get out of their cars and, you know, put lawn chairs up and perform. And we did a show, as you said, I believe it was October the 4th and we did two shows and uh, I was kind of wondering, okay, well, how's this going to work? But, you know, after each song, if the audience enjoyed us, they would blow their horns. And it was kind of fun. It was like, okay, I, I guess they enjoyed that. Everybody's honking on their horns. It was just something different. And and it was well-received. And I believe the, the people who came, they enjoyed themselves. We definitely enjoyed performing for them. And it, it was just, it was something new and something fresh. And, you know, just to be able to be back out on the stage and doing what we do, I thought it was great. Everything was amazing. Theo Peoples, the only guy in history to actually be a temptation and in the four tops and now with the voices of classic soul. Hey, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, thank you for having me, Burke. It's always a pleasure, my friend. This is the Big Time Talker podcast and the Blog Talk Radio Network. Thank you to SpeakerMatch.com, the sponsor of the show. Thank you for listening wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever you do. Make it a great day. Bye, everybody.